and welcome to my podcast, Soul Expansion and Inspiration. This is Series 3, Episode 3, and my name is Ali O'Shea. Today, I would like to give a very warm welcome to my guest, Victoria Laurent Babish. Welcome, Victoria. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you here. So uh, yes. lovely to see you. Looking fabulous as always. Of course. Oh, thank you, darling. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, I love that you're in Ireland and I'm in Toronto. I mean, come on, that's amazing, right? Technology is just amazing these days. It absolutely so blessed that so we blessed. can connect with people from all over the planet. It's just I know. unbelievable. One of these it's days remarkable. we'll be able to to uh, connect with the people on the moon. not on the moon i mean on mars or wherever they are (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so uh you are a registered psychotherapist with the college of registered psychotherapists of ontario right you're also a relationship expert Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah absolutely And, and you hold a degree in educational psychology you've been in practice since 1990 mm-hmm and in addition to psychotherapy training, you have over eight years of training in Eastern philosophy, um, body-centered modalities, which is absolutely amazing. What an amount of studying and hard work you must have put in for all of that. But not only that, you also um, do polarity therapy, uh, Reiki, new decision therapy, and craniosacral therapy. That's right. Um, it's just amazing. So tell us a little bit more about that. And congratulations. I know it, you probably, because you've been in practice so long, you don't think of it like that anymore. But I mean, these are all huge accomplishments. So, you know, huh. I, I really feel that to say congratulations is in order. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I have literally about a quarter of a century in experience. Uh, I might as well have had a machete in my hand carving a path you know, in, in very conservative Toronto <laughs> at the time when I started my career. Um, and I, I love that I get to really be the sort of, I created this, what I would call this brand of my own personal uh, style of psychotherapy, which involves uh, body-centered work, energetic work, and then talk therapy, and we combine it all together. And it really works to disrupt um, the, the, the wiring that people have inherited essentially from their mm-hmm. family culture and from their own traumas. And it's all about um, inspiring people to be the, the heroes of their lineage, to, to be the heroes of their lineage so that okay. they don't have, so that they don't, you know, continue the, what they learned uh, growing up and what they, what they observed. Exactly. And it's so important, isn't it? Because people think that everything these days is all about learning, but it's also about the unlearning of those things that we have. I think, I think it's mostly about, um, it's, well, it's learning the technology to unlearn. Yeah, exactly. It's learning the technology that works so that you are able to effectively unlearn what you take as normal, but yeah. is dysfunctional. And you give them those tools. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you do that in a practice, like one-to-one, do you do it online as well? I do online, internationally. I do, I mean, I'm, you know, I do in the office in Toronto and then I do one-to-many. I do workshops and I'm facilitating a workshop uh, that I just facilitated called, which was very well attended, called Stop Dimming Your Light, in which I really provide these, these, you know, these, this technology to disrupt 
the multi-generational dysfunction. I call it hashtag disrupt multi-generational family bullshit. Sorry, I don't mean to swear, but you know. That's okay. <laughs> it's a I was actually going to come to that a little bit later anyway, yeah. so that's good. Yeah, yeah. And so I work in the various, I'm transitioning. I mean, I do a, I'm really busy in the office and in the online stuff, but I'm, I'm doing more and more uh, group stuff. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And I will have a, an online program, which I can talk about at some point. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. we'll get to all of that for sure. Um, I wanted to talk to you, first of all, about during one of our conversations, you mentioned to me that you were with um, Mayan Mexicans who would tell you such things like, oh, it's going to rain. And you'd be like, what? It's a beautiful day. What are you talking about? And oh, the dolphins are talking to me. And you were kind of like, what in the heck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, would you like to talk to us a little bit about this time in your life? Yeah, in the late 80s, I, I was fortunate enough after university to uh, live in Cozumel, Mexico. And in Cozumel, Mexico, I mean, I was working in the hotel business. I was the, I was, does anyone remember watching The Love Boat? I was, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was Julie McCoy and she went ashore, you know. <laughs> so I was like an activities director and I was, you know, organizing the, the games and I was organizing the, the evening entertainment and I'm an ex-actor. Oh, wow. So it was, you know, fabulous for me. It was a lot of fun. You know, can you imagine someone in your 20s living in Cozumel just having Amazing. a blast? But, you know, a lot of the staff that worked in the hotel were from Mayan descent. And they would, you know, they were very lovely, um, positive, quiet, but also really intuitive and psychic. And, and they, would, they would, you know, I would come in with a headache and they put their hands on my head. And I'm like, what are you doing? Are you trying to, are you trying to get fresh with me kind of thing? <laughs> But no, they, they were, you know, doing some healing from headaches or they would say, oh, the dolphins, that means a storm's coming. I'm like, it's a beautiful day. What are you talking about? And, you know, sure enough, a big storm would be, you know, would, would show up in a, in, a, in a couple of days and they'd name it, you know, in two days there's going to be, I'm like, what are you? So, yeah. And they themselves didn't know too much of their heritage, interestingly enough. They knew a little bit, but it wasn't sort of like, it was just more like a lineage inherited intuitive way of experiencing the world and and that and also I, I i would a lot of expats uh people from the states lived on cozumel and they would be there they said they said because it was a place of the emerald tablets oh. were buried there or i was like what oh atlantean atlantean emerald tablets were buried oh, there or uh atlantis? the crystal skull what's that is that to do with Atlantis? Atlantis, exactly. And they would tell me about these things and I'd be like really balking at it, really scoffing at it. Going, what are you talking about? Um, so for me, that was my very first introduction into, so this was like 87, 88. Right. Like hearing these stories and me really judging it as crazy ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, as we call it, woo-woo, kind of. Yeah, but beyond woo-woo, I was like, you guys are, something's missing. <laughs> so at that juncture, I've always filed that because I would be, these were not stupid people, though. Mm. None of the people that were talking about these things were stupid or, like, these were intelligent, interesting people who I came to love and respect. Yes but I didn't necessarily understand what they were talking about. What are these emerald tablets? And, and they had chosen to live in Cozumel because of this supposed vortex that they were speaking about. Wow. So I went back to Toronto. My father passed away in 89 uh, of, of, a, of a pretty 
deadly brain cancer. And I moved back to Toronto in 90 uh, after having been with him while he was dying. And then went back to, to had a couple of hurricanes, had a lot of traumas there and started to understand upon my father's death that, well, maybe there's more to life than just this experience yeah. of skin and bones and meat and yeah. obviousness and yeah. three dimension, what two dimensional, even three dimensional living. Yeah. And we so I began spiritual in other words, that? that we are spiritual. Yeah. Well, I didn't even have that notion. I just knew that there was something else. And so I went about the business of studying. Yeah. And so my first, uh, journey into all of it was reading a book by Michael Newton called journey of souls, which yeah. blew my ever loving mind. Essentially. <laughs> I recommend anybody and everybody read that book Fantastic. journey of souls. Wonderful. And then I read, uh, a, a very basic book, uh, by, uh, the wonderful and amazing Louise Hay. Yeah. And you can heal, heal your life because I went into a quite a depression after he died. Mm -hmm. So for me, this was the beginning of understanding that we, there's a technology that we can employ to change our life. Yes. Uh, that there is a, that there, that this is, that there is something way, there's an unseen realm that is very much a part of our experience. And that became like game changing, game changing. Yeah. And I knew that I had found a way to change the legacy I had been living in terms of my family culture, mm -hmm. which is what I call the family culture. Right. Um, and I, I had, I just realized that I needed to really go on a trek, an internal spiritual trek to understand what, who I am, what I am. And then to understand that I can rewire it all. I can remake it all. I can redesign it all. I don't have to live any legacy that I've been left. It's not necessary. Yeah. It may feel normal, but it isn't necessary. Exactly. And I think a lot of people don't realize that either, that we can change all of those things. We can rewire our brain, as you said. Yeah. And I think for you, the catalyst was, from our discussion before, even though it was devastating when your father died and you were so young, that it gave you the freedom, however, to be yourself, to follow your own adventures and to follow your own authenticity in the world and what it is that you wanted. And then you went on from there to read that book, the journey of souls, and it just opened up everything for you. Precisely. I mean, my father was like, a, a when he died, it was like, uh, I lost a rudder and a boat and I was adrift because mm -hmm. even though it wasn't <laughs> by any means always positive, he was a very strong energy that, that, that really uh, informed you know, the question, well, what would he think? What does he think? What does he, what would he do? What would he, you know, experience? Mm -hmm. And, and so i I completely had no self-culture. Mm. I had no self-culture. I had a lot of a family culture influence and certainly my father culture, yeah. not, and I'm not talking about country or religion. I'm talking about a culture is ways of being and patterns and habits that we, that we, that we silently and not silently and osmotically inherit multi-generationally. Yeah, I could totally relate. I totally get it. Yeah. I'd say probably you were one of those people, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe went to him for his advice quite a lot and things like that. Well, he was, a he could be a bit of a brutal guy. So it wasn't so much that we went, I went for advice because sometimes you would leave, I would, one would leave 
advice getting with massive amounts of judgment and criticism and shaming. So I really didn't do a lot of that. I did a lot of hearing his diatribes that informed my way of looking at the world. Okay. More than anything. Yeah, I get it. Wow. And your mother was still around at this time? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, So you're a published author of two Uh Yes, absolutely. One is called Find Yourself Culture, which is about moving from depression and anxiety to monumental self-acceptance. And you have another one called Connection. Do you want to talk a little bit about your book? Yes, absolutely. So the second one's called Connecting, Rewire Your Relationship Culture. The first one is called, as you you said, Find Your Self-Culture. Because I found that in my practice after 20 plus years of doing it at the time, because I've been at it for 25 years plus these days. (laughs) um, So I realized that as a holistic psychotherapist, people are coming to me to work on their depression, anxiety, life life transitions, uh, relationship issues. And the theme, the theme that's most common among people, like what I want to say is that depression is complicated and it isn't one thing. It's a multitude of things. I call it a perfect storm. You know, there's the genetics, there's the biochemistry, there's the belief system, there's the environment, Mm -hmm. there's the, um, relational experiences, Uh, the traumas, there's all these different things, this big mix of things that maybe that sometimes will create depression, Mm -hmm. not always, but, 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 but oftentimes it will, that combination. Sure. And so when people come to me as a holistic person, they're not looking to be medicated. Although sometimes medication is, is necessary for uh, people who are very seriously depressed and don't want to live and are looking to take their life all the time. So we need, we need the, um, we need the, the medication to cap the low, but medication alone, honestly, is for nothing. Uh, it, it'll just, it'll just make you not necessarily feel things. Yeah. Um, but so I have, you know, a methodology by which is very holistic. And what I, what is the key thing is really facilitating a pathway for people to, um, go on a, on a, on an expedition of understanding what they want, what they don't want, what they like, what they don't like. I mean, people, I have had people in my office have a full anxiety attack when I ask them, so what do you feel and what do you want? Yeah. Because they're so used to not knowing what they feel and not knowing what they want. And I can relate to that. Sure. That, that was my journey early on. So yeah. when that starts to be revealed, we start to do what, what I call um, healing the cycle of, of self-denial. So it's a system that I put together, which is when we have, when we just don't, when we have a family culture that says what you think, what you, you know, what you think doesn't matter, what you want doesn't matter. Mm. The family culture says who you are and what you need and what you want is not of consequence or does not matter. Mm -hmm. And then the person begins to believe that wholesale, Mm -hmm. yet they are uh, human. Yeah. And as human beings, they have needs. And they have wants and they want to be seen, but they've never been taught how to ask for what they need. And so they become rageous in how they express their needs. And then they feel rejected because people don't want the rage. And then they go, oh, right, I'm rejected because I shouldn't have needs. And then the cycle of self-denial just perpetuates. So a lot of getting out of depression and anxiety is breaking the cycle of self-denial and saying, I matter, I'm valuable, 
I am, I, I am, I, I'm a person of, of, of merit just because I'm alive, just because I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is crucial. That is so, so, so crucial. Absolutely. So, and then that changes everything that just really starts to alter the entire, um, uh, way of a person looking at themselves and life. And then what happens is, is that I also bring the technology of visualization because my website is called visualization works because it does, you can rewire everything through visualization Mm -hmm. and also a, a concerted discipline act of working with mantras and affirmations. And also, um, not only that, not only mantras and affirmations, but herbs, if you're not on a medication, you're at a milder level of depression. There's some amazing ways to get your nervous system to improve, your stomach to improve. Because really? 95% of serotonin is made in the stomach. Wow, I didn't know that one. I didn't either until I went to a conference. I was like, okay, got okay. it. Wow. So we need to have a good working digestion. We need to, yeah. So 95% of serotonin is manufactured in our gut. And we have neural recept. We have all these receptors in our gut that are... Um, you know, blocking the production of, of serotonin because of uh, massive amounts of uh, the stress hormones mm-hmm. and the stress hormone, the cortisol and the adrenaline that blocks the serotonin. So we really got to get them habituated and breathing in a different way. And not only breathing in a different way, but experiencing tremendous amount of uh, uh, focus in uh, affirmations and mantras. Mm-hmm. And then from there, a practice of eating in ways that are going to support the gut. Yes. The studies around the gut are essential. Yes. I'm actually doing a gut health program at the moment. So I mean, it's everything to know about it. And actually, after I said that I hadn't heard that and you said you didn't either, it kind of took me a couple of seconds to register until you said the, the gut health and the the serotonin, but I have heard that actually. Um, but but I thought it was all made in the brain. I'm yeah, wrong. It's made in the gut. People, actually, and I mean, it's, you know, it's only something that I've heard recently. And that's why when you said it, I said, I haven't heard of that. And then I was thinking, actually, I have um, on this program. But yeah, it's amazing, isn't it's, it? Well, it's just incredible. And it's such, and I, you know, interestingly, Ali, you know, it's weird and interesting, I think, is, is that I'm talking the 90s. Yes. I, because I, st- I also have a, a certification in, in uh, herbology and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would start every single depressed person that walked into my office had stomach problems. Mm-hmm. And I would always recommend people go on, I'm not a naturopath, but I do do herbology and I do understand about the natural ways of treating different things. I was like, you know what, let's have you begin on some uh, probiotics, just right. probiotics, start yeah. on probiotics, begin there. Yeah. And they would come in, you know, a week later and go, I feel better. I feel better in my mind. And this was way before, like Stanford just started, just last year, two years ago, three years ago, started to, within the past five years, Stanford really doubled down on the studies of gut health as it relates to depression and anxiety. It was not at all in the zeitgeist of this planet, in the vernacular of this planet. Yeah. But the universe was definitely helping us, those of us who are intuitive. Nice. to work at that level. And I was, because polarity therapy, craniosacral, Reiki, I'm a Reiki master, is so profoundly intuitive, yet body-centered. It's a combination. Polarity is a combination of uh, traditional Chinese medicine and shiatsu-like stuff and energy work and 
talk therapy and it's a combination, it's a three-year program. Dr. Randolph Stone, who was an osteopath, created this. And, and combining that with Reiki and combining that with craniosacral, there is such an opportunity to tune into, you know, the, the guides. Your sessions. What's that? I'd love to come to one of your sessions. Come to Toronto. I'd love to come to Ireland and speak to big to, 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 to your groups and I can I can facilitate that information and really, really double down I, I on that. I want to come and have a session like all that integrated <laughs> together. It just sounds so wonderful. It's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. But to tune into that intuition was saying to me, gut, work on the gut, 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 gut. And so I doubled down on that as, as part of my protocol. Yeah. And where, what's in the gut? The solar plexus, your power center. So it made sense to me that if we work on the, on the fire in the gut and we work on improving digestion and we work on your thinking and we work on your habituated patterns, you are really likely to reverse depression and anxiety. But you got to get it. You got a person. I am not. I say to people, are you in this fight? Because I'm not going to fight for you if you're not in this fight. Exactly. Yeah. They have to be willing to take be in the fight. Steps. Yeah. Yeah. Get in the fight and get in it hard. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hardline with that. So can I ask you, you said to me there a few moments ago that most people who suffer from depression, I'm, you and I have already spoken, so you know that I have a history of depression. Right. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Woohoo. Go me. Yeah, you're free. You're free. <laughs> but my question is, you said a lot of people who have depression have stomach pains. Well, it seems to be, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that categorically. I just, he, I just, it seems to be an anecdotal uh, relationship. Yeah, I wondered, because I suffered from I, IBS, so I just wondered, was uh, there a connection with those? Well, there is, scientifically, there is. Good health again, you know, isn't it really? Yeah, there absolutely, science has proven that there's an absolute connection between stomach issues, stomach pain, stomach disorder, uh, IBS, and there's a likelihood that the brain is not going to be working well. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So double down on probiotic enzymes, um, vegetables, 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 More vegetables. Sure, maybe. Yeah. 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 And it definitely works. It definitely, definitely works. Oh, and, and uh, fermented foods like uh, sauerkraut and that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. Kimchi. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so I wanted to, to go back to your first book for a moment. And oh, yes. Just reading the description of it, it seems to me that a good portion of it, now not all of the book, obviously, but a good portion of it is connected in with self-love and as you've already talked about, self-acceptance and all of that type of but stuff. But yes, yes. Go ahead. But it, we, I talk a lot about things like boundaries, yeah, uh, I, t I have a whole section on boundaries and boundary communication. Yeah. I have a section on um, really it, it, it's essential. It's essential. I have a section on um, family culture, section on narcissism, coping mm -hmm. with narcissism, mm -hmm. uh, codependency. What is codependency? Meaning, co do you know what codependency is? Or I can tell your views. You're viewers. reliant on another person for a lot of things. Uh, codepend yes, that, but it's really the, the depth and breadth of codependency. It's, it's an addiction in many ways right. in which we often will learn it from our family culture, which is our self-esteem rises and falls based on other people's tone, uh, what other people say, think, and do essentially. Okay. And mm -hmm. I, I, I teach people how to unhook, unhook from other people's, um, expectations, 
um, and also, you know, how to, how to undo guilt and shame, wow. all those things that are all about what keep us tethered to, to things, people, things that are just, and I'm not talking about amputation because I don't believe that people should amputate wholesale. You know, are they beating you? Amputate them. Are they stealing from you? Amputate them. But if they're just pissing you off, don't amputate them. Learn, grow, work your program so you can learn how to be an empowered person in the face of difficult personalities. Yeah. And just set up your boundaries. Make sure that you've got your boundaries in place. That's really- Yeah, because all, if all you do is cut people out, you're never going to get the opportunity to practice so that you can grow. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely sounds fascinating because you're so informed on all of those topics. I'm sure like the listeners would love to um, read your book. Amazing. Amazing. And they can get it on my website. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that as well at the end. We'll get all your connections and where to get everything. Um, I watched one of your videos on YouTube. Well, I actually watched a few. Oh, (laughs) great. I spoke to you. and one of them was on being bullied as a child, which I also right. was. Okay. Yeah. We have that in common as well. But you say that it informs every aspect of your life as, as it does do for most people. Who oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah. you say you were bullied for your confidence. Okay. Which is unusual to me because I usually think of people or most people would think of people who usually get bullied that are being picked on as an insecurity for not, not being confident but rather their looks or you know maybe they smell bad or something like that it's never usually in in what i've seen around somebody being so confident as yourself was um do you think you know not do you think as a result though you've said that you still work on your confidence and my question to you is how do you still today in your daily practice take steps to continue to do this and to build your own self-confidence um well i think i was i think that my people kids bully me because i was compensating for what i was feeling at home which i that i didn't have a voice at home and so it was very difficult it was like there was there was some there was definitely some bullying at home and Mm -hmm. then when i would go out there i'd be like I'll take it. I'll do it. I know what's right. I was a bit, I've come to understand that. What's that? Vocal? Well, vocal and maybe looking to steal the the limelight a lot, that kind of thing, you know, but maybe not even that because I, I sort of think about things. I think I was just a kid that could get targeted because possibly I was emotional. I was I was loud. I was, I was, you know, I was expressive. I was, look at me, I'll do it. You know, you know, I got, I know it's, I know controlling a little bit, those kinds of things. And I think that, um, kids will respond to that. Not well. And then I got, you know, kind of really rejected, but, um, as an adult, you know, those characteristics became very useful to, to become very, um, single pointed focus and emotionally self-sufficient uh through my life and so and also i tempered some of that thank goodness because it just was untenable i tempered it i i chilled it out a little bit i'm okay to be in a conversation i'm a really good therapist so most of therapy is about listening and then you know not overpowering the other person um but when you come from a family that doesn't have communication boundaries that's just what you're you're 
you're you're imitating essentially and yeah. so it, it, my life has been about self self introspection self analysis very becoming very conscious of my being so that i can be of most service to others as well as really loving and accepting and um, supporting myself. That's been a huge important part of my journey. But I really work well with um, being on the planet to serve at, at a level that I do, uh, giving a lot of information, doing a lot for other people, but at the same time, I'm of no use to other people if I don't fill my own cup first. Exactly. So I do a lot of self-care in that regard. And I've got to watch for that because I can be overly outward and it has to be a balance and it's, it's, it's stuff I still work on. Absolutely. It's stuff I still work on. Yeah. It's so important for everybody yeah. to do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, another video that you have up there, um, which I can totally relate to, I won't go into why, but, um, <laughs> on narcissism. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk to the people about narcissism a little bit? Yeah. Because uh, you had a video that was very powerful that went viral on your yeah. YouTube channel, which, you know, we'll give everybody the link to and all of that. Yeah. Later on. But do you want to talk a little bit about narcissism and how, um, how it affects people growing up in a home with narcissists as their parents? Totally, totally. Well, what happens in that experience is, is that, with the narcissistic parent, I, I, I had a letter come to me, a viewer come to me who wrote about her narcissistic mother. And so I, I, I read the letter and then spoke to it. And that's the one that went viral. It's called narcissistic parent collateral damage. And essentially what a person learns is, is that the only emotions in the room, the only wants, needs, thoughts that are acceptable or to be heard, listened to at all are the ones of the parent. And that the person, the child learns that they don't matter. They don't, nothing what, that they think, say, or do is of any consequence, yes. which is the cycle of self-denial. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be loved and, and in order to be accepted and not rejected from the tribe, culture, family, you need to adjust. And the adjusting involves um, tremendous amount of self-denial, self-squashing squash yourself down squat i have no needs that i think i have no needs that are valuable no no and that's what the legacy is of the narcissist parent yeah and from the nurse and narcissist mother it's it's even i i contend that it's even deeper because it's the wound of the mama the mama you know uh that's such a profound connection that we have mm. with the narcissist father it's it doesn't it's freaking profound but it's maybe not as the wound, the mama wound is big. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, the biggest, the biggest impact is that the children of narcissists will either, if they don't work on themselves, become a narcissist themselves to survive. Mm. They basically become that so that they're like, okay, that's how we get something is we become. And I want to talk about what narcissism actually is because there's, there's, um, toxic narcissism it's on a continuum right ali it's okay. on a continuum when we're born we're narcissists right feed me love me pay attention to me i don't care if you're tired it's two in the morning me 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 yeah. me me right that's the children that's as babies right yeah. and then that gets socialized out of us developmentally and socializing out of us where we learn empathy and compassion and we 
become a little less narcissistic and then we want to share and then we become community oriented and that's normal development. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But if that doesn't get socialized out of us, that narcissism as a child, and then you couple that with traumas and you couple that with injustice and you couple that with environmental problems and then bring in some mental illness. Oh, well, depression, some de anxiety, obsessive OCD, you're off to the races in creating malignant narcissism where yeah. you're like, a person that either you know that that becomes extremely adept at charming and seducing other people into your lair so that you can use them and take advantage of them and squash them so you can feel good and that's that's essentially you know i say to people who are in the dating world <laughs> watch for these symptoms <laughs> of it's seduction narcissists so What's like that? these people who grow up to become narcissists themselves do they actually know what they're doing? Do they know that they... That it they depends on the where they are in the continuum. So a narcissist that is fully at the end of the continuum will not end up in a therapy office. Or if they do, as they sometimes do with their spouse, it'll all be their, their fault. They're, yeah. I'm just in this office because it's their fault. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got your number, buddy, or, or gal, whatever. I got your number. It's like, oh, okay, so you're here because of them. So you don't take any accountability. A narcissist, a true malignant narcissist will have no accountability. It'll just be a blame and shame fest. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're a little less down the, the continuum, as I have seen, is there hope? Yes. Right. There's absolute hope. But I find in relationship world, um, narcissists that are not as malignant are at sort of in the middle place they'll be in a therapy office because they've been rejected a lot they've been abandoned they people are like uh, you know what you go deal with yourself because i want nothing to do with you and they come in feeling down and depressive and rejected and they end up <laughs> they end up of course uh in a therapy office hopefully uh, and then they get someone like me who says okay let's start to find out you know what got you here yeah. actually got you here and then they'll either go I don't want to hear it I'm out of here or like okay I want to hear this so that I can start to heal the patterns uh, of how I'm with people and what I want to say to people newsflash people who are very commitment phobic panicky about commitment you know there's also a bit of a, a good dosing of narcissism in there so mm -hmm. caution yeah. with the push-pull boyfriend girlfriend caution with the the push-pull people that are push-pulling you know i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm not see you later i disappeared ghosting i'm here i'm here i'm here and then i'm ghosting you and you know we'll find out that there's quite a bit of sociopathic i don't care how you feel right uh, no empathy yeah 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 well, i'm so glad i don't have to deal with any of that <laughs> great <laughs> i've been with my husband 29 years so i don't need to worry about any of that yeah, I mean, it's such a precious thing. I, my husband and I have been together 28 plus years. Uh, I, I, my relationship counseling or my relationship world that I work with people is about long-term. My second book is about, uh, the whole thing is about long-term passionate marriage or long-term passionate relationships. It doesn't have to be marriage. It can be yeah. something other than that. Uh, but it's all about the, 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 the recipe to get to that, the recipe mm. to get to that. Fantastic. Amazing stuff. Thank you for sharing all that with us. It's absolutely fascinating. I find it oh, very intriguing. I could sit here and talk to you all day long. <laughs>
<laughs> I really could. Um, so you say the book Louise Hay changed your, your life. Do you want to talk a little bit about that book and how, how it changed your life as well? as? Yeah, I just understood that I actually, a split second, and we all do, a split second before any thought, we are choosing that thought. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, that's just the way I think. That's just my personality. I'm like, no, 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 no. I, you know, you're either, you're either contributing to the mess of your thinking or to the cleanup of your thinking at any given moment. Yeah. So I'm not saying be a positivity addict, which I call new age itis. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about, I'm talking about experiencing personal responsibility for your thoughts, which mm -hmm. is not blaming yourself for your thoughts. It's saying, okay, right. I have an opportunity at every turn to choose my thought. Now, here's what I don't want people to do is to go into denial about what they're really feeling. No, go about the business a deep dive. There's no way around the mountain. You only can go through the mountain. So get down into that mountain and go deep into that mountain and go, what am I, why do I keep feeling so poorly, so shittily, so negatively about these things? Because affirmations are important, but denial is also extremely unhelpful. So understand, and that's part of the process of therapy, is you're, you're taking your repetitive negative thoughts or destructive or shame-based thoughts, and you're troubleshooting them so that you can understand what, where they came from, what they're about, um, how they're serving you in some way, and can we transform how they're serving you? Because they seem to be giving you protection and safety most often, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. But to give yourself protection and safety by building walls and uh, isolating yourself from other people is dysfunctional. So you're going about it in a misaligned way. So mm -hmm. it's not about judging yourself. It's about, I've got itchy nose. And that usually means little angelic energies are here confirming everything I'm saying. So thank you, angels. But I'm itchy. Uh, <laughs> what's that? I said fabulous. Yeah. So well, essentially, yeah, essentially there's this opportunity to not shame yourself when you have these repetitive negative thoughts, but you can clean up the misaligned ways that you're trying to actually help yourself through these negative ways of being. Yeah. So instead of isolating yourself, you find support so that you don't isolate yourself. Um, instead of being, you know, people come, I, I have help me with my communication. I'm always angry. Okay. Well, what's the anger about? Well, the anger is often about, you know, I need to speak up for myself. Okay, great. I think it's a good thing you want to speak up for yourself, but let's have it happen not in a misaligned way. Let's have it happen in a way that's constructive and positive. Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah. I want to ask you as well, because your, your website is called Visualization Works. Visualizationworks.com. Okay. Yeah. And I'm a huge, huge, like I've, I've manifested lots of things using visualization. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like massive things. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what was the biggest thing that you manifested for you using visualization? My entire career. Wow. I mean, literally I have, I have a very blessed career and I visualized, I mean, I started it from nothing from zero. Nobody like I did it myself. And I just got into the real clear aspect of, uh, you know, how I would like to live my life. 
I, I wasn't interested in, in, in getting a nine to five job. Yeah. I was interested in being self-employed, but I also was interested in not starving. <laughs> so I really, really got into the very specific visualization of manifesting clients. This is in 90, this is in 1990, 91, long ass time ago. <laughs> and just like manifesting clients to start and then manifesting, like talking to the universe about, um, how I could be a best of service. And so I would imagine myself feeling in a way, because it's so important to really get a sense of the feeling, feeling in a way that I was servicing the best possible, highest, most optimal, most, most profound knowledge to others. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine myself experiencing that feeling. Brilliant. And from there, it's just been a, a, you know, a magnificent career that, and I, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't feel afraid, but I know that when I visualize things come to fruition, yeah. I have, um, I was feeling kind of frustrated recently that, um, I love, I'm part of an emerging speaker. I'm part of a speaker's program and uh, speaker slam. And I've, I, I, I won third place in a very tough, uh, in a very tough, uh, um, <laughs> competition speaker slam gotcha. anyways I, a lot of my my fellow competitors were getting their videos from the competition viral i was like come on universe so i'd like one of my videos to kind of go a little widely what's happening and so this was languishing for months i think I one of my I, friends was in that competition with you oh her name's leanne leanne babcock yes She's a dear friend of mine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, her video just went viral. It's going viral next. too. No, I'm, oh, interviewing, I'm interviewing her uh, at the end of the month. Yeah. Oh, Leanne is magnificent. Yeah. So I'm amazing. so I'm so glad you're going to interview her. She's her and I are good friends. That's so weird, isn't it? That's because it's totally unconnected how we came connected. Well, she found out about Speaker Slam through me and my experience of speaker slam so yeah so and i'm so glad you know we, we met uh, just prior to that didn't she what's that i think she came forth she did but she should have come in placed it and placed we were we commiserated about these things okay. yes but sorry it just connected for me there when you said that they were getting picked up by like places like Goldcast because I was speaking to her the other day and she told me hers had been picked up. Yeah. Uh, mine got picked up by the power of positivity after me having a massive conversation yeah. with the universe through, uh, through visualization of it's time. I I'm ready to go much wider universe. I'm ready to speak much wider, much bigger audiences. I'm ready to have this message come out from the, the office to more people yeah. to the world. And, and a viral video will assist that. And my, my talk, my competition was about me talking about my eight year journey with, uh, with trying to have a child, which I never did succeed at, but it was an incredible, talk about visualizing, 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 and then not getting what you want. However, let me just say everyone that the journey of eight years has was a game changing life altering journey of self love and self awareness and self support that, that, that was worth every moment. And at 54, I'm okay with not having kids. Really? Yeah. I got a great marriage. I'm super, my books are my babies and my students are, I feel fine. I'm great. I'll air mail you a couple of mine. Uh, no problem. Keep them. <laughs> but what I will, you sure? 
Oh, totally. I'm so at peace not being a mother because I feel very, very filled with my life is so full. My life is so full. I know that if I was a parent, I probably wouldn't be as prolific as I am in my writing and my creativity and in my, in my practice in general. Yeah. But just to, to complete that, my visualization, uh, my, my, my video about that journey is on the power of positivity. And the day I went, okay, it's ha it has to happen. I got a call that afternoon with, with the, with the news that my video had gone viral on the power of positivity. So, I mean, it just works. Visualization works. Absolutely. A million percent. And congratulations. That is absolutely brilliant. I love it. Absolutely. Thank you. And don't be scattered in your visuals. Focus is everything. Absolutely. Focus is totally everything. Everything. Absolutely. Brilliant. I'm so delighted for you. That's wonderful. Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. And so you have a YouTube channel called Courageous Conversations, where you talk with Victoria. Yeah. With Victoria. Yeah. Courageous Conversations with Victoria. Okay. Yeah. And you talk about many wonderful topics as we've discussed some of them there. You've talked about bullying. You've talked about narcissism. You've talked about self-acceptance. You've talked about your eight-year journey on there, I believe, because I believe one of my friends actually watched that. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to watch that yet, but I've, you know, I've watched a few of your videos. So, yeah. Um, do you want to tell everybody what the YouTube link is so that they yes. can find you and subscribe to you for that? Please. Channel? I'm just going to find, because I changed the name of it of late. Uh, it's Courageous Conversations with Victoria. That's essentially what it is. And um, so just youtube.com slash backslash Courageous Conversations with Victoria. They can also join my closed Facebook group called Courageous Conversations with Victoria, Lorian Fabish, my whole name. Yeah. Uh, find me there because it's a place of support. It's a place where we share with each other our, and it's a closed group. So um, it's a way to kind of privately air out your stuff, but also get support, inspire other people, inspire yourself. It's, it's, it's quite a powerful space, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I love that. And they can connect with me there and they can connect with me on Facebook as well. But that's a great place to connect with me through my group. Fantastic. And that, that, that is on Facebook though, is it? That is on Facebook and it's called Courageous Conversations with Victoria Laurent Davis. Okay. And I so have... they can do youtube.com slash Courageous Conversations with Victoria. And then the group is Courageous Conversations with Victoria Laurent Davis. I have to do my whole name because uh, more specific on, on Facebook. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. I'm sure you've got a lot of people joining that because, yeah. you know, you're so knowledgeable on the, you know, the topics that you're talking about because you've, you've got the background study done and, you know, all your qualifications. So amazing stuff. Yeah. I wanted to speak to you on one more thing. You've spoken about how changing long-standing patterns is extremely difficult as we all have our comfort zones. Yeah. And you say that the reality is if you want to create change and growth, that we must all need to withstand a little bit of pain in order to avoid the bigger pain that can actually yes. destroy our lives. And I just wonder, would you like to talk a little bit on that as well? Yeah, I really feel we need to understand that the currency that you need to pay for growth and change and to live the life you want to actually live free of the encumbrances of toxic family patterns Hmm. you've got to be able to withstand a little bit of pain called the pain of guilt when you say no 
Shame when you expose your true self, your vulnerable self. Yeah. You're going to feel these uncomfortable things. Do not be the slave to your discomfort. Conversely, do not be a comfort junkie. Yeah. Don't be a comfort junkie. You will never win or expand if you do that. So I say withstand a little bit of pain because you're going to avoid the much bigger pain of self-betrayal, of self-loathing when you do not actually free yourself from that stuff. Brilliant. And it's, there's, video, there's a video on that too. Yeah, I on know. On my YouTube channel. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah. I recommend you. that everybody go and watch your videos. Yeah, it, it's just free information. And I have a lot of articles on my website, free information. Very informative, very informative. Yeah. So Victoria, what are the services that if somebody online okay. was looking for your help on something, and then again, if somebody was looking for your help in the physical reality in Canada and could come to your space, what are the services that you offer if people would like to get in touch with you? So my practice is really, really busy right, uh, right now. I'm, I book quite a far in advance. And what I'm, I'm doing, what I'm interested in people connecting with me is, well, if they want my book, Overseas, it's not free shipping. So for, for uh, anything other than Canada, US, if you want to access my book, access, access Find Yourself Culture on Audible or iTunes or as an ebook, you know, Kindle, Kobo, all that stuff. Right. It's all there. My second book, Connecting, Rewire Your Relationship Culture, the blue one right there, um, that also accessible, not through Audible, but through all the ebooks. So for Europe, for the rest of the world, ebook is best. Okay. I know not everyone's into that, but there it is. If you don't yeah. want to pay a F load of shipping. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then if you want, if you are in Canada, us, um, I'm offering some very, very discounted shipping uh, deal. So you can go to my website and you can get them there. Great. At visualization works, but really what's happening, um, Ali is, is that I am really preparing for an online program that will go internationally. Uh, for stop dimming your light. Fantastic. Stop dimming your light. And I, and I, and that's a great, lovely title, cute, fun. I love the title, but it's so profound as a, as technology teaching of literally how to undo the wiring that you learned from trauma and family culture, BS multi-generationally and to understand very specifically why you dim your light what the, the ways in which you dim your light and how to stop dimming your light specifically, yeah. not just blah, blah, blah. I'm a very specific task oriented and informationally oriented, uh, teacher slash psychotherapist. Uh, so that is, that is where if people want to connect with me. They start to, they want to join my mailing list and become part of my community, my group so that they can start to become aware because I will do some on some one-on-one -on -one, uh, with people, but it takes a while to get in. So I, I want people to know that the better way to connect with me is my books get in touch with me. If they want to start to join my uh, begin to be part of my, my group that is going to come in, soon with this uh, stop dimming your light program online it's going to be like an eight-week program that will have a lot of one-on-one -on -one, but also group calls and it'll be powerful period it'll be powerful it'll be wonderful that sounds amazing yeah yeah brilliant and, and maybe what we'll do is when it all goes down ali um i can give you a code so people can have a discount 
Um, it's all it's all in its infancy phases right now. I do this live. I do stop dimming your light live. I'm doing a live. I just did a live talk. I got another live talk in December. Another live one in January. But I'd like to take this widely because it's so powerful and it'll change lives. It'll change lives. So well, we'll, that's we'll, really we'll speak about you. that. Yeah, I'm sure people would love that. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, is there anything else, one piece of a golden nugget maybe that you have that you'd like to leave the audience with today, Victoria? I would say the most important thing is really start to uh, understand that at any given moment, you are choosing what you're thinking about something. Yeah. So first start to buy into that. Buy into that that you can decide how you perceive a situation. Uh, and, and also understand that your mind is a massive, massive, massive powerhouse of a tool to change absolutely everything going on in your life. And you have that ability. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant advice. Well, thank you so, so much. And it's been such an honor having you here. Oh. You're a wealth of knowledge and information. It's been a fantastic interview and I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I'm so delighted that I was invited and to be able to speak to Irish people. Love you. We have to <laughs> a shout out to Heidi Allen, of course, oh. who connected us together. Heidi Allen, Positive People Army. She's amazing. Yeah, uh, so thank you so much, Heidi Allen, for introducing us. Yes, absolutely. I. I adore her and uh and you are a, a spectacularly bright light on the planet so thank you for inviting me Ali. thank you so much thanks so much victoria and thank you to our listeners and we will see you on the next one thank you and namaste namaste